Boz. Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Land of Boz. If you're new to the show, uh, should go without saying, but <laughs> I am Jeff Bosley. And a special um, mention, uh, Allison at the opening of the show who says, Welcome to the Land of Boz with Jeff Bosley. I just saw her perform at the Lucky Strike in uh, Hollywood, and I must shout out, she uh, has been uh, away from stage for a while, and her performance was breathtaking. So I will tag her in the description, follow her, check her out. Um, I've been enamored with her, uh, her and her voice since the day I met her, so check her out. She's pretty damn good at what she does. So thank you, Allison. Uh, well, hell, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? Hump day! Yeah! That is right. It is hump day. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of thoughts went through my head as I said that. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm back lifting heavy weights, uh, which has been proven to boost growth hormone and testosterone or whatever, but damn... Something's happening to Jeff Chemicals. <laughs> uh, it's like Raging Bull. Uh, but yes, it's hump day. There's a little bit of honesty for y'all. Hump day. Um, I know it's been a little hot minute since um, I did a show, and uh, I'm not going to apologize, but I'm going to apologize. Um, things have been awesome and chaotic. Um, it's just been one of those weeks of, uh, well, geez, where do I start? Um well, today, I, I found out, if any of you follow me on Instagram, um, I'm constantly doing stories about the uh, herd of rodents in my, uh, it's not even a crawl space, the way my house is built, and I very, very loosely use the term house, um, but it's basically um, drywall, joists, uh, plywood, and sh- roofing, <laughs> so if any of you know construction, you know that's pretty uh, janky. Um and uh, yeah, there's a, I swear to God, a herd of rats or mice in my, uh, and I, there's, it's not even crawl space. It's literally the space between the drywall and the roof. Uh, so it just in between the joists, I can literally touch the ceiling, the roof, the, the ceiling in my room, uh, touch the drywall and feel the vibration of them on the, uh, on the, just on the other side of what's drywall, uh, three quarters of an inch, most drywalls, three quarters of an inch. Anyway, just on the other side of that, I can feel them. So they, uh, Terminix came out today and, uh, said, oh yeah, that's, that's not, not good. So hopefully I don't get any sort of respiratory, respiratory disease or Hanta, Henta virus, Fuenta, Daisy Fuentes virus, whatever it is, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, there's been that. It's just been, uh, trying to get, it's weird because when you have a regular job, uh, you have to be much more structured. Uh, when you don't have a regular job, structure is self-imposed, and some days it just goes to sh- goes to shit. <laughs> so, um, more or less, everything's quote-unquote normal, and I use that term really loosely. But um, had that, and then uh, this Saturday, uh, I will be. Actually, I can't say that. That wouldn't be good uh, intelligence as far as my uh, Greenberry background. So I'll hold off on that. How's that for a horrible tease? Um, but lots been going on, lots to talk about. Um, this is probably going to be a heavy show as far as acting and relationships based on some of uh, some comments on uh, Instagram and various platforms. 
um, they could probably be quite long discussions. So um, buckle up and enjoy that. Uh, one thing I know a lot about from experience, one thing I know a lot about from experience. <laughs> so uh, let's get into the show. I'll do a couple segments and then we'll get into the chunky stuff. As always, before I get to my long-winded rants of uh, absurdity with no science to back up 90% of what I say, I try to do a little bit of history so we can all uh, feel a little bit more uh, intelligent. So here is what happened today in history. Extra, extra, read all about it, life story of Playboy Penny, extra, extra. And history, uh, it's kind of a boring topic, but it's funny looking back. I really wish I would have paid more attention. So I'll just hammer out a couple things that um, I made a comment about this earlier in my Instagram story. I'll actually touch on it later in the show about how there's just too much going on in uh, our lives. I mean, everything on the internet, everything we're saturated with, emails and texts, and how we actually have to, I, th- I, I personally, and I think all of us need to take like an active part in like, <laughs> diluting how much content we're getting smashed in the face with so my attempt to do that is to educate us with history so we know uh you know just a i don't know a little bit of smarts so for today february 6th i will pick good history today february 6 1933 the highest recorded sea wave 112 feet uh, comes from the manila philippines to san diego california doesn't seem that big, but maybe I'm just desensitized from movies. Like The Day After Tomorrow, that's actually good. I love those movies. I, I'm a sucker for those movies where the world ends because of weather. Um, let's see. Uh, today, February 6, 1788, um, I'm my own worst enemy. During football season, I'm a Broncos fan. During baseball season, I'm a Red Sox fan. My argument uh, is, obviously, I was born in Colorado, and I spent a lot of my life in Colorado. So Broncos, duh. Um, most of my life there, the Rockies didn't exist. So I had, didn't have a team. Um, and then one day I was in the Las Vegas airport. This is years and years and years and years ago. Um, they had, the Sox had just won their first, uh, world series after, what is it like there? It was like a 29 or 39 year dry spell. Um, and I just had a hair transplant, honestly, and I'd left a hat in a bathroom. And for whatever reason, the uh, stores were smart about putting up, you know, uh, the two teams' hats in their stores for depending on how the World Series ended. So even though it was Las Vegas, they had Boston hats on, you know, in those little gift shops. So I bought a Boston Red Sox hat, and you cannot own a hat without becoming a fan. So by definition, I was a bandwagon member at, a, at in the moment, but I was just generally supporting somebody that hadn't been a World Series winner for a really long time. But the minute I did it, just a sheer pride and arrogance, I was like, I'm going to commit to the Red Sox. And I have not deviated since. So I started as a bandwagon, but now I'm a fan. Sight, long story. <laughs> so today, 1788, uh, Massachusetts becomes the sixth state. Holy crap, I didn't realize it was that soon. Sixth. It was in the top ten. I mean, it makes sense because it's in the East, but damn. Today, born February 6th, 1912, Ava Braun. That name does not ring a bell. Um, <laughs> that was a funny text. Uh, Adolf Hitler's uh, mistress forward slash wife. They were married shortly before committing suicide together. Which, if that doesn't, if that's not a metaphor for marriage, I do not know what is. 
Also born today in 1911, one of my favorite handguns, February 6th, Ronald Wilson Reagan. If you don't know who he is, uh, smack yourself in the face. You should know history better than that. Also today, born February 6th, 6th, why am I struggling? 1895, the Sultan of Swat, Babe Ruth, George Herman Ruth. He hit 714 home runs, pitched 29 and two-thirds scoreless innings in the 1918 World Series, a record that stood until 1961. It's a hell of a run. Also, played for the Red Sox at one point. Uh, let's see, some good stuff here. Oh, born today. A lot of good births today. Um, Jamaican reggae singer Bob Marley. I shot the sheriff, but I did not shoot the deputy. He was born today, 1945. Tom Brokaw, and that is the news as I see it. I don't know what he said, but I think that was actually a pretty damn good impression. American TV newscaster, February 6th, 1940. He was... Look at news back then, for those of you my age and, and give or take older or younger. He just reported the news. There was no slant. There was no left. There was no right. A building burned down. He said a building burned down. There was no ulterior motive or some sort of uh, angle about like, you know, uh, it was a building that burned down in Detroit where left-wing politicians failed to finance. I mean, they, he just talked a building burned down. That was it. <sighs> Mike Farrell. Uh, nobody knows who he is. If you do, good for you. But he was born February 6, 1939. And the reason it clicks with me is I was on this TV show. He was an American actor on Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. He played Scott Banning and he was BJ Honeycutt in MASH. Uh, mobile, military, mobile? Army Surgical Hospital. What the hell's the M stand for? Mobile. Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. MASH. Man, that show has a bittersweet taste for me. My dad made me watch that every freaking night. Ironically, I became a Green Beret medical specialist. Moving along. Some actors and actresses and blah. 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 Anybody good die today? Nobody good died today. Alright, not a good day for death. We'll keep it at that. That was today in history. We now come to a portion of the show that's kind of still evolving. It kind of sometimes has to do with a song that's uh, highly inappropriate for a certain situation, or I'm just kind of also evolving it into a uh, education about a song that is now kind of inappropriate considering uh, the facts of the song and what we thought it meant versus what it truly meant. So here's a little bit of inappropriate music. On it all inappropriate, make sure it's feeling. Are you feeling what I'm feeling? I sure am. So today's song. It is a bar band staple and karaoke favorite. The song has become so popular, uh, throwing it back to the Red Sox, that it is played during the eighth inning of every Red Sox game at Fenway Park. A little side trivia, a great firefighter friend of mine, um, while she and her family were at Fenway, they um, there was a foul ball hit and she <laughs> dove over the wall. Everybody thought she was going for the ball, but she actually went up and scooped up a scoop of Fenway dirt, put it in a Ziploc for me. So I have a little bit of Fenway dirt in a Ziploc uh, in storage. Uh, but it, it's played at the eighth. It's played during the eighth inning of every, every Red Sox game at Fenway Park. And the artist finally revealed in 2007 he innocently wrote the song for a young Caroline Kennedy when her father was president. However, the lyrics uh, at least have a hint of sexuality to them. Uh, for example, one, touching one, reaching out, touching me, touching you. The song, Sweet Caroline, 
by one of my favorites, Mr. Neil Freaking Diamond. And as promised, um, today's show is going to be heavy on two segments, one on relationships and one on a little bit of acting chat. But before we get into that, um, I've been getting a lot of messages on all the platforms regarding what's going on in the physical world, uh, the fitness world of my Jack Reacher pursuits. So uh, we'll kind of touch on that for those of you who are interested on uh, what I'm doing and how it might apply to you. So here is a little bit of fitness chat. Okay, I'm going to get a Bowflex. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get some dumbbells. You know you can't eat dumbbells, right? Uh, all right. So the rodents I mentioned earlier in the show, it's getting to be dark. Uh, and so they are in full freaking force above my head right now in the drywall. It's extremely, it's like when I went to Sears school, uh, for those who don't know, it's basically like how to survive being a prisoner of war and being tortured. <laughs> They played. They did some horrendous things uh, orally. A u r a l l y, like stuff you had to listen to. This would have broke me hearing these damn things scratching in the uh, drywall. They it would have broke me way. Actually, I didn't break, thank God, but it would have broke me <laughs> uh, compared to what I had to listen to. But fitness talk. <laughs> um, for those of you following me, I know that's pretty much my opening to everything um, regarding the whole Jack Reacher thing. Um, and for whatever reason, people follow me because of fitness. And be, and I think I, I kind of pride myself on this because I'm not a fitness person, but fitness is a huge part of my life. And I think, I, I hope that's why people kind of gravitate towards me because fitness people, we all know them. Uh, for those of you who followed me a certain amount of time, we all definitely know them. Um, fitness people, um, especially if it's their job or their career, it's quote unquote easier to have a life of health and fitness because that's their job. Uh, they more or less are literally paid to do that. Uh, movie actor Jeff, it's a little easy too because that's also part of my life. Uh, but firefighter Green Beret Jeff, that was much harder. So for whatever reason, people are kind of gravitate towards me for fitness. Um, and uh, actually, just a minute, I need to answer this text. So uh, uh, hold, please. Do 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 do. It's the hold music, hold music. All right, I'm back. <clears throat> so, um, what am I doing for my physical, my fitness journey for the whole Jack Reacher thing? Um, I spent a lot of my life uh, up until the military just lifting weights to look cool, and I was not functional. And then when I got to the military, I realized I had to be functional and strong and have endurance and. <laughs> And uh, pretty much the whole package. So in the military, ironically, I, I mean, simply I did, uh, I did because some of the traditional military training is useless. Uh, going for three mile runs serves no purpose. It creates cardiovascular uh, durability, but it's at the expense of your knees and your body and serves no purpose. Especially if you're running for three miles uh, with the bad guy chasing you, you've done something very wrong. So before I would go into onto base, I would I would actually wake up 
and I would actually do a P90X workout. That work, those workouts are good smokers, and they're good for the military because they incorporate a lot of body weight training. Uh, my at the time fee- wife and I had a good, uh, a really good home gym uh, in our garage. We had like a two car garage, but it was like one and a half deep, so it was like a one, two, three car garage in a way. So the back third of it was a home gym, and so I did. I would do P90X. I would do like Jim Jones training. Um, and then, uh, after I got out of the military firefighting, same thing, I had to be functionally fit. Um, and then now, uh, what I'm doing in Hollywood is, is role dependent. My default is to, I like lifting heavy weights and doing bodybuilding training. Uh, but I also like to be functionally fit. So that's why I do Jim Jones training. But so that's the background. But as of now for Jack Reacher, um, what he is described as on page uh, and what he needs to be transcribed to in real life is a big freaking dude. He, it says 250 in the books, but the way it's explained and the, the artist renderings and all the images that have been shared or used by the author or fans, he's not a 250 pound dude. He's much bigger. So um, I've worked uh, all this. All these people are in the description below. I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, but I've connected with. Um, Simon Mitchell of Iron Paradise Fitness uh, out of uh, the UK. He um, he and I met via a podcast we did with my uh, ex. And um, he just clicked with my mentality, uh, my fitness lifestyle. Um, I mean, I've been doing this since like the 90s, early 90s, like the, like 1993, 90s. Hell, no, 1990. So I know what I'm doing. I have a concept. I know what works, what doesn't. But after that much time, it's nice to talk to new people and bring in some new science. And um, seriously, Simon has, his programs are, leaves no stone unturned. Um, If you're remotely interested, his programs are not for like elite um, seasoned bodybuilders. They're for everyone. And um, he's helping me create a program. And this, I can't believe I didn't think of this in the past, but his program now is, it's he's calling it Jacked Reacher. And I foresee this being something anybody uh, he can use for future programs for other clients, for people that want to get big and strong, but also be physically active. Uh, and so basic, uh, there, it's a nine day workout rotation. Um, I'm not going to give away like all the quote unquote secrets, but the gist of it is it's a nine day workout rotation with, uh, A, B, C, D, E, and F training days, all of which kind of sim- mimic the same body part and push and pull movements. Um, but are different workout days. And then I'm also incorporating, uh, Jim Jones training into that so I can be functionally fit and, uh, and, and be athletic for when I get the role and I can be on set and be balanced and strong and, and all that. And then in lieu of that, I've been working with Dr. Gabriel Lyon, who is helping me get my insides fixed. I've spent many, many years ruining my body, uh, in all ways, shapes or form, uh, you know, mentally, spiritually, and that that's all taken a toll on me. And she's helping me get my body right, um, from the inside out. So with that three-pronged approach, Jim Jones, uh, Simon Mitchell, Jim Jones, and Dr. Lyon, that's currently what I'm doing. So a day in the life of me uh, involves pretty much very heavy weight training, uh, safe but really heavy. Uh, the goal is to get hyper, I always say this wrong, hypertrophy, um, to get big muscles um, with, the, with Simon's programs and uh, as far as his like caloric you know, intake. 
And then uh, Jim Jones is uh, one, two days a week of training. Um, if I'm not at Jim Jones, I'll be at Unbreakable Performance, which is also a very uh, cross-training-esque environment. Uh, they incorporate a lot of MMA and uh, boxing. And then also from the inside out, Dr. Lyon is helping me with my supplements, uh, getting all my, just getting all my labs and my chemicals that my body's producing or not producing, getting them all right. So it's a three tiered process, a lot's going on. I'm trying to, uh, journal it on my YouTube channel. If you're curious or want more info, please chime in. But the gist of it is I'm lifting really heavy stuff. I'm doing a lot of crazy psycho cross training with Jim Jones and I'm keeping my body in shape with all the medical advice, uh, Dr. Lyon's given me. So that is the short summary of what I'm doing to become Jack Reacher. And actor chat based on some uh, DMs over on Instagram. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of email. It's kind of a fan mail. It's kind of Q&A. Uh, but inherently it's a it's an actor question. So here is some actor chat for the day. Well, I'm an actor, right? So I got to keep my emotions right at the surface, you know? So, uh, actor chat. I got this message on Instagram. Uh, occasionally I'll post, um, just using their like little Q and a feature, or ask me anything feature. And, uh, this question came up, um, what type of characters are most challenging for you to portray? Uh, pretty cool question. Um, I'll start with the ones that are easy. Uh, I think any actor at the end of the day, we're portraying quote unquote real people. Um, it's just the circumstances they're in. Uh, I mean, even if you look at the Joker, he's a real person. The circumstances are fantastical and fiction. Uh, but every character, I mean, unless you're playing, you know, the guy that puts the suit on to play the alien and aliens, you're playing a human. Um, and so there's always a uh, seed or um, a foundation of empathy that you can draw from. So the easy ones are the ones that line up with you inherently. Uh, so I, again, I use the word, the phrase easy loosely, but it's less of a stretch. I'll say that to, for me to play a green beret or a Navy seal. Uh, but on the, 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 um, I guess the thing I would say with that is that is also the catch is then it is your job to find something unique and something clever to be, uh, to make that a, a unique approach to the character. Because uh, if I just keep playing Green Braves and Navy Seals the same way every time, that'd be lame and one-dimensional. But if I take the script and look at the character and make it a, its own unique version of a Green Braves Navy Seal, that's the important part. Um, the business side of the of, of filmmaking is, you know, if you only have one line in a TV show, don't lose your sleep on uh, creating a character and, 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 and putting too much weight to that because at the end of the day, you're probably just saying a line to help transition between commercials. Uh, so that's just some of the little trivia. But so with that being said, the flip side of that, the hard ones that are to play, uh, I would assume you understand, are the ones that are not me. Uh, it's easier for me to play the firefighter, the good guy, the nice guy, the FBI agent, the Green Beret, this Navy SEAL, the protective father. I'm not, I don't have a kids, but the protective father, the protective brother, roles that are inherently me. And I think any actor is that way. 
it's the ones that deviate the most extreme from that that are hard. Um, uh, roles I've played that were the hardest were ones where I had to play a person that tried to rape a woman. I played a person that uh, tried to sexually assault his like half-sister. I've played a character that had to... Uh, um, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, he was, a, he sexually assaults his daughter. Um, and, uh, those are the hardest ones cause they're not me. So that's the actor's job is to portray that. Um, and I, I use this phrase loosely, uh, but to do that character justice, uh, you know, but you know, like a good mo- example is mystic river. Uh, I think that's a great film. There are some characters that the audience is left going who's the bad guy who's the good guy Ooh, that's creepy and uh the the actors that need to play the characters that make us all go "Ooh, that's creepy they are the ones that um have a lot of work to do in that they i would i'd like to assume the benefit of the doubt that they're not inherently like the characters they play i'm not obviously a rapist or a pedophile or or a half sister sexual molester uh and so but it's still our I say this loosely, but it's still our job to do that role right. Uh, so if I'm playing a Navy SEAL, I got to play that Navy SEAL to my fullest. If I'm playing a pedophile, uh, I can't dial it down because uh, it's a character I don't agree with. I have to play it to the fullest. And I think uh, that's uh, my theory. My hope is that that's what good actors do. And so those are the ones that are difficult because they're not inherently me. However, human emotion, human conditions, and human feelings, and spirit, and soul, or whatever, those are universal. Uh, anger is anger. Whether it's anger and I beat up somebody as a Navy SEAL, or I beat up somebody as a protective older brother, or uh, control issues, uh, you know, it, it's psychologically documented that, that rape is based on a control issue. I love control, so I have to apply that in my, my normal world and apply that to a character that is fi- extremely fictional to me in a world where that, that individual, you know, be- believes or is a rapist. Uh, you know, so I have to find that common denominator of emotion. So those are the ones that are hard because uh, at the end of the day, I'm a good guy. Um, playing a pedophile. <sighs> I'm so sorry. Playing a pedophile or rapist, those are those aren't those are difficult. Um, I I'm I might I may not have kids, but I'm very protective of children. Um, all my all the charities and fundraisers and all the volunteer work I do is somehow around children. So those children particularly, those ones are extremely hard. Uh, but in a way, because children have such value to me, I can I can use that to my uh, disadvantage, if you will where I, I see the value and the importance of a child in a person's life. So if I'm unfortunately playing a character that does something to children, I can see the, the weight of the character. So I guess that's my short answer, probably not short answer, but that's, that's my answer to uh, characters that are most challenging for me to portray the ones particularly with children, but the ones that just aren't me, um, you know, on the surface, I'm like I said, I'm not a rapist or a pedophile. Uh, but I have control issues. Uh, I'm, I'm a sexually driven creature. Most of us are, but Trent taking that stuff and applying it to, uh, I said it earlier in the show, living, living, uh, living realistically in imagined circumstances. Like what would you do realistically in that imagined circumstance? And sometimes that imagined circumstance is very, very far fetched for what, who we are is, uh, on our daily as a day, as a, who we are as daily as a person, 
versus the fictional character we're playing, which might be way more extreme. So hope that answers your question. That was a beautiful question. Hopefully I answered it. Uh, feel free to chime in. I love these and it's, uh, any way I can help you. And you know, in this, particularly in this segment, uh, any upcoming actors that just want to chat or hopefully learn something from my, uh, my thoughts. Um, Oh God dang it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, I love talking about this stuff. Acting obviously is what I do. So it's, I'm very passionate about it. In fact, uh, the Terminex, uh, person that came over today is a s- struggling actor and I talked her ear off for about an hour, giving her just tips and advice and coaching and, and just a lot of my thoughts and processes. So I, I really do love this stuff. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And here's the part in the show where God help us for whatever reason. Uh, when I posted a question on Instagram, what should I talk about? <sighs> a handful of people. Well, one person said something about, uh, relationship. They just answered, you know, I said, what should I talk about topics or ideas? And they responded with the one word relationship. So I reposted that saying specifically what, and, uh, that person and a handful of other people chimed in. So F if I know, but for whatever reason, Jeff Bosley is going to be talking some relationship talk. Do you believe? So I combine a little bit of do you believe in love with down with the sickness because there must be a level of uh, (laughs) virus involved with asking me for relationship advice. But like I said in the opening, um, people asked me about relationship and then I asked for clarification. A handful of people chimed in on various topics that I've written down and I guess I'll address now. Uh, The first one is the original um, poster. And it said, um, I'm reading it right now. How do you make your own standards wishes known at the beginning of a relationship without the other person freaking out or them thinking it's a chore? Um, Brilliant question. And ironically, um, my last relationship, we did that um, at the, uh, I would say at our first date, our first like coffee meeting. Uh, It was more like a, uh, we didn't work out. uh, So I don't know if that means anything. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, retrospectively glad we didn't work out. Um, I'm glad, uh, uh, she called it quits and broke up with me. But one thing I'll take from that relationship is, uh, our very first meeting, our very first coffee date, um, we met and it was like a job interview. Uh, we talked about our goals, our dreams, our failings in past relationships, our, our kids, no kids. Uh, you know, I guess in retrospect, I maybe would have been more explicit. Um, but it still was, you know, the older I get and the more uh, relationships I've had under my belt, um, I'm a pretty loyal guy, or I am a loyal guy, um, and um, all my relationships have been pretty long-term, and uh, uh, marriage didn't go right, and that was the person I was with for 12 years, um, and then a uh, engagement that didn't go right, I was with for two years, and miscellaneous serious relationships in between. Um, I'm at the point now where I don't, I don't want to dick around. And so the person that asked me this, it's a very valid question. Um, my first answer is if it scares them away, screw them. Uh, because that means they're weak and they're not going to work with you anyway. Um, like standards and wishes, uh, letting it be known at the beginning of a relationship. My new mantra is, uh, I'm a little uh, extreme, which this isn't exactly the healthiest answer is, as uh, if I'm, 
interested in a person, you know, like I almost, when we're talking or if we are talking, a lot of this is actually, all of this is hypothetical basically is my first thing is to say, you know, cause it always comes up, you know, when you're old and, uh, you know, we're not 18, I'm not 18 anymore. Um, it'll initially come up of like, well, why are you single? And I'm straight up, I'm straight up telling the person, um, I don't, I'm poor. I will prioritize career and work over a relationship. Um, not that, and that doesn't, and here's the thing for me, that doesn't mean I don't care about the person. Uh, a lot of people take that as this all or none thing. You know, it's not like if the person's about to get hit by a bus or has a really important event, I won't try to make everything work. Uh, but that's where all my relationships have failed is I put career first, um, whether I'm actually away or my mind's gone, uh, thinking of career stuff. And that's the thing I'm going to do right off the bat. And if that scares them, that kind of self filters, um, right off the bat. Obviously you don't want to just like, uh, Hey, nice to meet you. Do you want kids? That's a little effed up, but to me, it's almost reassuring and peaceful, especially, you know, and I look back, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word wasted, but had, uh, that person and I been maybe a little bit more, uh, honest with ourselves and each other or more like aware and, um, brutally truthful, we might not have quote unquote wasted two years. Um, and, um, that sucks, man. That really sucks to spend two years or three years or 12 years or whatever. And then pretty much having nothing to show for it, so to speak. So I honestly say, outside of like, you know, like, you know, the first meeting, but you know what, in the first meeting in a way, (laughs) I mean, now that if you're in your late thirties or forties, you know, you're not, you're not 18 anymore talking about like, Oh, what college are you going to go to? Now it's a, it's a legit legitimate question. Like, why don't you have kids? Do you want kids? I mean, cause that's a deal breaker. Uh, I think having come to Jesus, honest moment with yourself and your deal breakers, um, and the older you get, the more that becomes more explicit. And if that scares them off, you know, the work is done. Cause if it's going to scare them off now, it's going to scare them off two years from now or five years from now. Why, why have a miserable existence only to have it end anyway? Um, you know, and so like, I, I guess know your deal breakers and the older you get, the more those things become way more, uh, the value, there's a lot more value to them. When you're 18, you're like, ah, oh, I can see how it goes and, you know, so like for me, a lot of the things are career, uh, fitness, um, you know, and, and, and as old fashioned as I am, uh, I'm kind of a multi hybrid hybridizationing <laughs> all the, uh, the follow-up questions that people had in regards to this topic. Uh, but the old, just current in my current career, one of the things, even though I'm really old fashioned, I, I, I like having the man take care of everything not in a sexist way, but just in an old fashioned, like the man pays for dinner, the man pays for that. And I think that's really cool. But the one thing I'm learning as I get older and in the career I'm in where I'm barely able to keep myself alive, um, you know, is, is, uh, if the person expects me, this happened to me back in the past where the person all of a sudden expects for some reason, my income to double just cause we're seriously dating. Uh, I can't all of a sudden afford to pay for somebody else's everything we do. You know, and that's just the sad state of the world. We live in a world where there's dual uh, income housing where or dual income, dual income households where both parties have to work. And just because you're dating someone doesn't automatically make you doubly rich. Uh, and so that's not necessarily, I don't want to use the word deal breaker, but that's a really important to me is because, yeah, in my heart of hearts, I truly believe in the old fashioned man pays for everything. 
But in the situation I'm in where career comes first and I'm living pretty thin pursuing that chaotic goal, uh, if for some freak reason the person all of a sudden expects me to be have double the income to pay for them and, and like rolls their eyes at paying Dutch, uh, peace. <laughs> you know, uh, I, 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 that's, that's, it's not a judgment. It's, it's just obviously a difference in opinions, you know, cause if all of a sudden I can't date you till I'm rich, that's bull crap. Um, and these are, uh, just kind of things I'm learning over the, over the years and years and years and years, you know, and like I, everybody has like their own certain body type. Um, I've learned over the years, um, that I, I like a very, I want a very like feminine body and some women want a very masculine, tough bodybuilder man. Some women don't. And so know, know your deal breakers because you can't change a person. Um, why would you do that? Especially when you're older, don't go into something uh, that's just a huge, a stupid waste of time. Um, is, is, you know, like this is interesting as far as fitness. Like you'll see this where a couple met like uh, slightly out of shape. And then for some reason, one party in the, in the couple all of a sudden is really interested in fitness and then becomes slightly unattracted uh, finds their partner unattractive because they're not fit fit like the other, the new, the, uh, other person's is fit all of a sudden. And, uh, so that's an interesting change in life. And I've, I've seen relationships break over that because one person was happy being out of shape and the other person in their new life wanted to be in shape. So like really have, um, just, I think myself included, it's taboo. And there's a, there's this weird hesitation. If you're a good person to like know your deal breakers you know, whether it's religion or, you know, politics shouldn't really, I don't think should be a huge factor, but I say lay that shit out on the line. Uh, life's too short to dick around with that stuff. Um, don't kid yourself. Don't let your hormones think for you. You know, truly come to Jesus, have a moment of honesty with yourself, have good friends that keep you honest. Um, I have a very good friend that keeps my, uh, keeps me, uh, I don't know, keeps me, on the straight and narrow. And, um, you know, I think that's, I'm looking at the notes again. And I think that's the biggest thing is if the other person freaks out or thinks it's a chore, therein lies your answer. Uh, that shouldn't be the issue. Um, obviously if it's all like a bulleted list of superficialities, uh, you might need to have a little gut check, but you know, like everything, like those are the things, those things that seem superficial, those things add up. Uh, you know, like if, person is organized or a, a unorganized chaotic wreck if the person um is a night owl and you're a morning person that stuff you can't muscle through once that honeymoon phase is over that stuff will be glaringly still there so um don't don't be out to change the people and don't let them change you uh and i think i mean this could keep me single for life <laughs> um, because the older you get, you more stringent you get, the longer you're alone and single, the less flexible you become and the more stuck in your ways you become. And so, yeah, it's definitely a slippery slope of, uh, solitude and it might be that way, you know, like, um, I might have a set standard as far as religion, uh, sleep habits, work habits, uh, prioritizations, um, physicality, like, you know, feminine body. Um, I'm not going to let the person change me. Uh, I need them to understand I all of a sudden can't pay for all their life. You know, that stuff, those are those, the more and more of those things that exist, the more narrow the field becomes, so to speak. So, um, and I think the point out of all of this that everybody can agree on is if you don't have your shit right, 
don't start throwing other people in your life. You got to fix your own stuff. And I guess that's also where I'm at personally, to be honest, is I am in no place to throw a relationship in my life. <laughs> I, I barely have my own existence right. So how dare I throw a human in that, ex- that equation? I can barely keep my dog and I alive. So um, the need for being, you know, Netflix and chill, literally or metaphorically, that's not a reason to throw yourself in a relationship if you aren't ready to be in one. So uh, I think the the root question that started all the other questions that spawned off on the Instagram post of um, how do you make it all known without freaking the other, <sighs> sorry, how do you make it known without freaking the other person out or making them think it's a chore? If those things freak them out or they make, they think it's a chore, that, that answers the question. If you say, I don't want kids and that freaks them out. Okay. There's the answer. They don't need to be with you or vice versa. If, uh, you say I get up early and they don't, and they think that's a chore. All right. There's the answer. Moving on, uh, pay for the coffee, call it good. Uh, in my experience, my, in my circumstances, pay Dutch because you don't have enough money to pay for you both. Call a day, shake hands, and move on. Because next thing you know, if you're not careful, a 12-year marriage, a two-year engagement could go south. And, you know, you could hate each other and move and never speak again. And that really serves no purpose. And I guess at the end of the day, you, you learn, uh, you know, just from any experience, you learn what didn't work. So you take that away from it. So, I mean, I guess I'm an expert as far as what doesn't work. <laughs> and I guess from process of elimination, I'm slowly learning what works. Uh, but hopefully that answered the uh, sp- er, uh, original person's question. And then the one, two, three, five other people's follow-up questions. Um, it's kind of a ramble, but you know what? The uh, the short of it is, is life's too short. Hammer that crap out. And if it, it, if it filters them out, so be it. You uh, saved yourself some time. Bye. And that concludes our show for Wednesday. And maybe by the time some of you get this Thursday, uh, February 6th, 7th um, of the Land of Boz. Uh, Thank you for everybody that participated on Instagram and all the other platforms uh, helping design the show. Um, I kind of like those because at the end of the day, it's it's for you. Uh, I, I really think a lot of this show would be really fun if I can get a co-host set up. Um, that'll take some time. And to be brutally honest, um, it'll take a... Uh, it's hard to do it for free. And that's not like some subtle poor me hint. It's hard to coordinate a lot of that at a just quote unquote free time. But I really know Scott and I someday will just, will do this, uh, as a co-host host scenario, because that would be, that dynamic would be hilarious. But in the meantime, I'll keep with the segments until you all tell me otherwise, or you ask, y'all are happy to, you're all welcome to suggest new segments, anything, uh, because as I always say, the show is for you. Uh, anything, this is purely for your entertainment. I love all the segments. Uh, obviously I'm the common denominator, but at the end of the day, you are the boss and I'm the employee. So, uh, for everybody that's still part of the Patreon program or whether it's Patreon specifically as a membership, the, the quote unquote membership, pa- the Patreon patron scenario, uh, Amazon or, uh, cash or Venmo or whatever, um, I appreciate everybody seeing the, the, I guess, value in time. I, that's what I hate about this industry is, is so much time is put into stuff. And, um, I appreciate everybody just kind of helping that dream and being part of the, uh, Bosley pursuit and please know, um, anything you do and don't do it all, 
if you followed me long enough, you know, I don't, I don't mess around. Um, anything you do or help or contribute or donate or whatever, it all goes to a work related cause. So it all means the world to me. It fuels, especially the Jack Reacher thing. That thing is, uh, is kind of in trouble financially. <laughs> that thing's expensive. Uh, but everything I'm doing on Jack Reacher, my feature film deserted, um, and everything from there all the way to just putting food on my table. It's all awesome. All appreciated. All means the world to me. And I'll keep churning out the free stuff for y'all and let your conscience be your guide. Um, I, I know people feedback and love the show and that means the world to me, but I'll quit rambling because I've been doing it a lot. So it's uh, hump day. Go hump, literally metaphorically, <laughs> and have a kick-ass day. So go forth, conquer, kick-ass, be relentless. Adios, everyone.